This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. Our Father, thank you for this day, for this time that we have together now. And Lord, I ask that you would bless us and keep us very close to you as we work and as we study together. Help us to understand your truth and to apply it in our lives so that together we may become more like our Lord Jesus Christ and be better servants of his in his church. For his name's sake we ask it. Amen. This is a class on the uh, doctrine of salvation. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about that. Uh, what I'm going to do is begin this morning. I mean, there's a syllabus uh, down there somewhere, but I haven't, I'm not going to follow it too closely um, because we're, we're doing an intensive class. We'll cover the material, but perhaps not quite in the order that I put it down uh, on paper. Um, and just uh, look at some background issues because, of course, salvation uh, is not... Uh, something that can be understood in isolation uh, from other aspects of, of Christian teaching. We have to put it all together um, and see the, uh, the, the whole picture. Um, salvation is, if you like, the cure uh, to, if I put it in medical terms, uh, the cure to a disease. But of course, unless you diagnose the disease correctly, uh, then talking about the cure isn't really going to be very helpful. Uh, so uh, I want to spend some time this morning laying the foundations for that uh, before we move on uh, to look at some of the uh, more detailed uh, things that we have to consider uh, for uh, our course uh, this week. The first principle uh, is, uh, of course, that God has created the world outside of himself. Now, this may seem to be obvious um, at first sight, but actually it's something that is very important uh, because uh, there are philosophies and theories that go around in different forms uh, which say uh, that there is no real distinction between God and the world. Uh, either they say that, uh, you know, God is a kind of projection uh, from human imagination or something like this, a sort of uh, an attempt to discover uh, the underlying principle uh, by which the world functions. And so, uh, you know, wh whatever you decide that is, uh, or whatever conclusion you come to, you label it God um, and, uh, and, and work from there. You see, there are some people who, who will say this. Uh, there are other people who say that, who look at it the other way around and will say that God uh, exists, that God is a, a being in his own right, but that he has produced the world somehow from himself, that he, you know, the world has sort of come out of him. Uh, it's an expression uh, of his nature, of his being, or something like this, and therefore an extension uh, of him in some way or other. Uh, and uh, this view, which uh, has been held by different people over uh, time, uh, generally tends to uh, explain uh, things like evil 
or, or anything that goes wrong uh, by uh, suggesting that the further away you get from God, you see, if God sort of expresses himself, if something comes out of God uh, and the further it gets from him, uh, the, uh, the less it is in contact. It's rather like um, uh, if you imagine a spark uh, sort of going from a fire, you know, you have a fire and then some, a little bit of it sort of flies away. Um, it starts uh, with, the, with the flame, with the fire there, but the further away it gets, uh, the more likely it is to cool down and to lose its, its, its fire uh, and then fall to earth, you know, as ashes or something like that. Um, and therefore you have only the remnant uh, you know, you, re you, you know that it came from the fire originally, but it no longer reflects uh, the, the same fire that it came from. So people tend to think like this. You see, some people will try to explain things like this, that the further away you get from God, the, uh, uh, coming out of him, the less likely, uh, the less like him you are going to be. But of course, um, this uh, is inevitably uh, some kind of corruption or some kind of decline uh, from uh, your original state and some kind of um, perversion, if you like, of what you ought to be. Uh, the, and so therefore, to become like God or to, to uh, uh, yeah, or to become like God is to go back into him, uh, to dissolve back into his being. Um, Buddhism is like this, uh, in a way, you know, the, to achieve nirvana, uh, you, the idea is that you go back into the, the reality out of which you emerged originally, losing your own identity. You, you, you dissolve back into the, the, into the source uh, from which you came. Now the Christian doctrine is not like any of these uh, uh, philosophies and theories that go around. Uh, the Christian doctrine is uh, that there is a radical difference uh, between God as he is in himself, uh, God and his own being, and the world uh, uh, and, uh, uh, of the creation. Um, that God created the, the world out of nothing, in other words, not out of himself. Uh, that the creation is a new reality uh, and not um, some kind of extension of God, uh, nor is God a projection uh, of the creation in some way. They are different and distinct. Now, the advantage of this uh, is uh, that uh, because the created order, the order in which we are made and in which we live, is different from the beginning, uh, it was made different uh, from God. What the creation is supposed to be, in other words, the ideal, you see, the, the, the perfect order that the creation is supposed to have, is not like God. In other words, um, God does not expect his creation to be the same as he is because he did not make it like that. Uh, so that, for example, uh, it is not necessarily eternal. I mean, God is eternal, uh, but he made the, cre the creation and in creation he created time. 
Uh, and so time is a part of the, the created order in which he lives, and it is therefore natural uh, that uh, there should be a progression, that you have birth, you have growth, uh, you have death, uh, you know, in a cycle like this that sort of repeats itself, not just in human terms, but in the whole world. I mean, in animals, plants, and so on, that everything sort of evolves and changes uh, within uh, the created order, maybe in different ways and at different paces and so on. Uh, but nevertheless, um, there is this development which does not exist in God himself. Uh, and so, of course, uh, we cannot say that these things in and of themselves uh, are not what God wants. You know, uh, because we cannot say that because God does not change, uh, he lives in eternity and never changes, uh, that this is what he wants for us as well. Uh, and that any form of change uh, is somehow bad or wrong or, uh, you know, different from God. Uh, and uh, God, of course, did not make the world like this. We, we know this uh, when you look at Genesis, the beginning uh, of Genesis, the story of Adam and Eve. Um, God put Adam and Eve in the garden and said, uh, you know, it is your job to till the ground, to develop the, 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 the garden, to rule over the animals and so on. In other words, they were expected to, to, to exploit, if you like, the, the creation, to develop it uh, and not just sit there uh, doing nothing, um, you know, because to do anything would be to spoil uh, what was already perfect. You see what I mean? So that um, perfection, or perhaps I should say uh, doing the right thing uh, rather than perfection, uh, does not... Uh, me is not in itself sinful. Uh, you know, activity is not sinful uh, uh, by itself. We are, we, we are made to do this. We are made to, to, to be like this. Nor um, uh, can we say that the created order uh, by itself uh, is, uh, contains within it um, moral qualities like goodness. Um, I mean, God created the world, and of course, when he looked at his order and his creation, he saw that it was very good, yes. Um, but this goodness is in the structure of the created order that he made. I mean, it applies to that. Um, you know, that, that the creation as we have it is the, is the orders, the structure that God wanted it to have. Um, but it is not the same thing as... Um, uh, as, as goodness in the sense of, uh, of moral goodness, that, you know, something that to, to do the difference between right and wrong. Why not? Well, because that kind of goodness, right and wrong, is dependent on action, not just being, not just sitting there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's what you do uh, and how you live uh, that is, is going to be either good or bad, right or wrong in that sense. So it's a different, a different concept, uh, if you like. And the fact that we are created for action, that we are meant to, to be active in the creation, is not in and of itself a guarantee that what we do will necessarily be right. All right? So that we are capable of doing things that are not right. Uh, we are given, and this is what is uh, known as freedom. 
um, uh, freedom, of course, can only be uh, the freedom to do wrong. Uh, if, we, if we didn't have that freedom, um, then, uh, well, then we wouldn't be free. Um, you know, if, 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 if we were somehow forced uh, to, to do what is right, uh, we couldn't really call it freedom in, in that sense. Having said that, uh, of course, it is also Christian teaching that the human race has gone wrong, uh, has uh, abused this freedom uh, that it was given at the, uh, at the beginning, that uh, in actual uh, practice uh, we do not do uh, what is right, um, both as individuals and collectively, that we live in a world uh, where uh, we have inherited wrongdoing uh, and uh, we are part of it, whether we like it or not. Uh, and this wrongdoing uh, is, uh, cuts us off from God, cuts us off from uh, the, right, the kind of relationship with him uh, that uh, we are meant to have. And therefore, of course, uh, if it cuts us off from God, it cuts us off from the source of our life uh, and uh, is therefore a, a condemnation. It is a kind of damnation, not because... Uh, God has in, intended it like that, uh, but because uh, we, have, uh, we have abused, we have failed to obey uh, the commands which he has given us. You see, o obedience is not automatic. Uh, obedience is not something that is written into our uh, genes that we cannot avo uh, avoid. Uh, because we are, are given freedom, we have the freedom to disobey, and we have disobeyed. Uh, the other side of that, of course, is uh, that disobedience, um, although it appears on the surface to be an act of freedom, an act of choice, is in fact, of course, a form of slavery uh, because uh, we are cut off from God, so we are, we are uh, unable uh, to, to get back to him. We, we cannot put right uh, this wrong thing which has happened in our lives. We have to live with this. Uh, and uh, the, the whole idea of salvation, the whole doctrine of salvation, is uh, the way in which, uh, the explanation of the way in which we are, set, we are delivered from this problem. Um, in other words, we are set free from it. Uh, so the original freedom uh, that human beings were given in creation has gone, it has disappeared, it no longer exists. Uh, and uh, now the question, of course, is uh, can we get this freedom back uh, uh, in, in some way? Can we, can we be set free uh, to, to be the kind of people that God originally wanted us to be? Uh, and this is what the Christian doctrine of salvation is all about. That's the first thing. The second thing, though, uh, that is tied to this is that the, the salvation which we are given in Christ, the salvation which God has revealed to us, is not a return to the original state of creation. Uh, or to put it a different way, uh, it is not a return to the Garden of Eden. Um, if you look at the, the, the Bible, you will find that in Genesis, in the beginning of the, the story, uh, there is in the Garden of Eden the so-called Tree of Life. Uh, 
uh, and the tree of life uh, is barred. That Adam and Eve are told they are not to eat the fruit of that tree. Uh, what they do, of course, is they eat the fruit of the other tree, which is forbidden, uh, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, because they didn't have that either. Um, they then uh, ate of that tree, acquired the knowledge of good and evil, and it tells us in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22 that God, in order to prevent Adam and Eve from becoming uh, uh, immortal and therefore like him in that respect, um, barred the way to the tree of life through Adam and Eve out of the garden. But he did not take away the knowledge of good and evil. And of course the knowledge of good and evil which they acquired in the wrong way is something that we still have. So that our salvation is not to be regarded as a loss of moral awareness. You see, we, we, we don't go back to the state of Adam and Eve in that, in that way. You know, uh, we, 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 we retain uh, the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, and then add to that, of course, uh, eternal life. So that is something different. Now, uh, the other difference, of course, is uh, that, that uh, in, the, 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 in salvation, in the world of salvation, in the, the, the final consummation of the kingdom of heaven and so on, um, human life, human activity is also redeemed, is also saved. So that we don't go back to the natural state uh, that is represented in the Garden of Eden. And the picture here is of the tree of life uh, because the tree of life reappears uh, at the end of the Bible. It's in the beginning of the Bible and it's also at the very end uh, in the book of Revelation in chapters 21 and 22. And what you find there is that the tree of life is present in the city, in the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem comes down from heaven and in the middle of the New Jerusalem is the tree of life, um, uh, and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Um, and this again is important because the city uh, is a human creation. God did not make cities. Uh, you know, uh, he, he made a garden, he made the garden, but the city is something that human beings have made. And the, the city stands in the book of Revelation as a symbol uh, of human achievement, of human culture, um, uh, of, of uh, uh, what God intended uh, for his people. And so therefore the redemption of the city, the presence of the city uh, in, the, in uh, the final consummation uh, is an affirmation of this. Uh, you see that we will not go back uh, to the primitive state for in which Adam and Eve were created, but that human history, human development, um, and so on will also factor into the, rede the, the redemption. And this is important for us to know because, uh, of course, it affects the way we behave um, in the world in which we live. Uh, because if you think, for example, uh, that all human development is somehow wrong, 
uh, you know, that it, it, it came about only after the fall and that, and that um, uh, you know, the building of cities and, and, and so on uh, is not something that God originally intended or wanted. Um, the, the question then is, well, in the perfect world, you know, if the, 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 when the redemption comes, will we go back to the garden? Will it be, you know, sort of back in the Garden of Eden? And there are people, of course, who think like this, um, you know, who think that back to nature is the is the way forward. That this is what you know every that the, the problem with the world in which we live is technology, is development, is uh, and uh, and all that sort of thing. And so the sooner we get away from this, you know, the sooner we give up. Um, uh, industrial things uh, and and go back to sort of living under palm trees and um, you know just sort of eating what falls to the ground um, uh, the, the better you know the, this this kind of uh, uh, approach well uh, we, we of course go into this in, in in many different aspects in great detail and so on but this is not the picture of salvation which the Bible gives uh, it is not a denial of human achievement. It is also, of course, a reminder to us uh, that all human activity, all human achievement, is under divine control, ultimately. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, that uh, every human being is um, uh, an obedient child of God. Of course, you can't say that. Um, uh, you know that, and sometimes developments occur um, uh, in in very difficult circumstances, perhaps even in wrong circumstances. Uh, but uh, God is in, is in control of this. You see, God is sovereign uh, even over evil, uh, and out of the evil of the world will bring good. Uh, you know, will, will, his purposes will be fulfilled. Now we can see this, for example, um, in in modern uh, life, in modern uh, society. Um, if you look back uh, over the last couple of hundred years, say, uh, and consider all the the technological developments uh, and other things of this kind that have occurred in that time. Most people today, I think, would agree that we don't want to go back to the way people lived, say, in the 18th century. Uh, you know, that many of the things which have developed uh, in, in, in the years since uh, have been very good. I mean, um, you know, the, the development of uh, medicine and, 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 and technology and all this kind of thing has brought a lot of improvements to people. But, of course, at the same time, I think we have to face two uh, things here. First of all, many of these developments have occurred um, in circumstances that we might wish uh, had been different. Um, I mean, there's no doubt, for example, uh, that uh, the, the use and understanding of something like atomic energy was very much uh, uh, advanced because of war. 
um, you know, the need to find a weapon that would that, that would put an end to war, the war, developing atomic energy and so on for that purpose. Now, of course, atomic energy can be used for peaceful purposes as well, and 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 we hope and pray that it will be. Um, but the way in which it came about was not altogether uh, good. I mean, we, you know, we see a mixture here. We also see, of course, that with every technological advance. Um, there is a negative dimension to it. For example, something like the internet, um, I mean, maybe a good thing in many ways and a great advantage to people uh, and so on, uh, but it's also, um, of course, a, a, a vehicle uh, for, uh, f which can be abused. I mean, you, you know, internet pornography and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, you, you, that, that there's two sides to this. You see that uh, you don't solve the problem of evil by developing technology. You merely make it possible for, for evil people to, uh, to use the technology for their own purposes. The technology itself um, is neutral, uh, you know, but it can be used for, for, for different things. Um, I mean, I like to point out that although on one, in one way, I think most of us are, are glad we live in the historical time period that we live in because of all the advantages and so on that modern developments have, have brought. We also live in the first generation uh, in human history uh, where it is possible for somebody to push the wrong button and blow us all up. Uh, you know, universal destruction has become a possibility uh, in a way that it never was before. Uh, you know, Hitler, for example, could not have blown up the, the, the world. He didn't have the, uh, the means to do that. Um, he might have been a nuisance in his own way, but I mean, he couldn't, um, uh, you know, put everybody to death uh, just by pressing the wrong button. Um, and it's also true, of course, another thing that they point out, and I take this as a fairly recent development because it's, it's something that has occurred uh, within the lifetime of, of people who are still around. Uh, if you had lived in uh, this place, um, you know, for example, in the 1940s, during the war, the Second World War, you were pretty safe. Uh, I mean, the likelihood that somebody was going to shoot you or blow you up or, or whatever uh, was not great. I mean, you can't say it would never have happened, but it was very unlikely. People who were away from the battlefield, uh, you know, generally speaking, didn't suffer uh, physically in that way. Today, of course, uh, the development of, of technology has meant that um, terrorism uh, is everywhere. Um, and nobody's safe. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's possible that uh, somebody could uh, put an end to us. I mean, I'm not saying it's very likely, but it could happen. Um, and, and people know this, you see, and that probably in, uh, in the future, um, warfare uh, will be of this kind. Um, you know, that uh, creating a situation where, uh, where everybody feels that it could happen to them, um, you know, at any moment. And, um, uh, and this is also, of course, part of the, 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 the fruit of uh, developing technology, that, that this is now possible in a way that a generation or two ago it wasn't. The point of my saying this is to say that 
development and, and advances and so on, while they may be good and have a good side to them, also have a negative side. And we need to remember this because the world in which we live does not like to talk about that. You know, uh, they, like, uh, they like to put a positive spin on everything. The same developments they interpret in a completely different way, um, uh, but in a way which puts a positive spin on it. You know, that this is something that um, is a good thing um, rather than a bad thing. And here again, uh, you see the Christian doctrine of salvation says uh, that uh, you cannot uh, regard this sort of thing as good, um, that uh, change and development uh, will occur uh, you know, as part of the natural order, yes, but to believe that somehow or other you are improving uh, the, the universe at any fundamental level is a delusion. Why? Because what is wrong with the human race, what is wrong with the world, is actually much deeper than this. It is something else. It is a sp the pr our problem is a spiritual problem, not a material one. Um, and you can no more solve it uh, by technology uh, than you can solve it by throwing money at it. Because, of course, that's another thing. Um, you know, that people uh, think they can do. Uh, you know, you've got a problem with poverty or disease or something like this. Invest all kinds of money in research and development, you'll solve the problem. Um, you can't really do that. You might solve some issues, yes, but you're never going to um, uh, get rid of these things. You see, Jesus said, the poor you will ha always have with you. Um, it's just that poverty can be relative. Uh, I remember some years ago uh, going to listen to a writer uh, who was uh, uh, speaking about his new book, and he, what he was talking about was how he had grown up in poverty um, in the 1950s in the United States, um, and and he was you know trying to persuade us all that uh, he'd had a hard life. Uh, well. Perhaps he had in a way, I don't want to say that he didn't, but um, when he started describing his poverty, uh, his poverty was things like um, our family had only one car and we had a black and white television set. And I had just come back from Uganda and where nobody has a car and nobody has a television, or they might have a television set but they don't have electricity so there's not much good. And, uh, and I thought to myself, this is a clear example of where poverty and deprivation is entirely relative. Because if this man in his poverty had gone to live in, the cent in Africa, he would have been extraordinarily rich, uh, you see, uh, in, in that context. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.